Man, I was not expecting this many people, Jerry. Maybe the elders, and that's it. But good morning. My uh, name is Jose uh, Rodriguez. So I'm currently a uh, behavior specialist at Middle Creek High School for GCPS, and I'm still the, the head men's soccer coach there, having a good time. I also work as a <coughs> local recruiter for the El Salvador Youth National Team. So I spend a lot of time in Atlanta now, in North Carolina, looking for players. But when Jerry called me like almost a month ago um, to, uh, to come share my testimony, I couldn't help but just go back to this little, little notebook that I have where I was writing um, as Mark was preaching that Sunday morning, and I was sitting in the front. And that was the moment. Like, I can clearly tell you that was the day. That was the moment. I can tell you the time, the, the, the date, and the sermon, uh, even the, the verse that he was preaching on at that moment, where the Lord not just gripped my heart, but he brought me, he himself brought me into salvation. Um, prior to that, though, it was actually seven years ago, around this time in October, when we started going to North Avenue Church. And how we ended up there was uh, pretty crazy. I had just gotten this position at UGA as a research scientist, and I was in one uh, lab. I got caught in these lies, got excused from that lab, got placed in a different lab with this young man named Manuel Fierro. Manuel was uh, from Ecuador. He was a member here at church also. He kinda, we kind of left around the same time. And I got to know him. You know, I introduced myself as a Christian. I thought I was a believer. And he introduced himself as a believer. He genuinely was a believer. Um, and the one thing I noticed about Manuel during our time there was that even though we worked with some pretty strong, self-proclaimed um, atheists, agnostics, never gossiped, not once. Never talked bad about his, his uh, lab mates, anyone that he worked with. Um, so there's just those little small nuggets here and there really started to pull on my heartstrings, and I didn't understand why. I really didn't know. At first, I was like, man, this guy's just really cool. He's just different. But then he invited us to North Avenue Church, and that is when the Lord started to really just wreak havoc in my life. Looking back now, I can see that it was natural was happening. I was at war with God. That's literally what Romans says. I was at war with him. Um, I was in, in my sinful state. I genuinely thought I was a believer, and I'll get to that point as to why I thought I was a believer. And I still remember that first day walking into North Avenue in October, and I believe, Mark, you were finishing up uh, Genesis, and they were in one of the stories in Genesis, and I kept hearing Jesus Christ in Genesis. And I'm like, what in the world? This dude doesn't come up till Mark, Matthew, and all of the Gospels. Like, what is he doing in Genesis? So this is when I started to really understand not just the Reformed theology, but preaching through Scripture, preaching through books, and understanding that Jesus Christ is the central focal point of Scripture, of life, of creation, and of eternity. So as we started going to church more and more, um, I was really starting to increase in my doubt. And, and looking back now, 2020 perspective, it was simply just so many truths were coming into my life that I hadn't really listened or heard before, that all these lies that I had convinced myself of were starting to just break apart. And I was fr like, frankly just trying to put it back together, piece it together, make sure nothing uh, goes out of, out of sync as the way I had it. So to kind of grow on that, so I grew up at, and, and as a Seventh-day Adventist with my mother. She was a, a strong, beautiful believer. She still is a strong believer. 
And then after that, I left the church. I went to North Greenwood University. This is where things kind of get a little crazy. I found an identity in knowledge of who he is. I, didn't, I did not know who he was, but I found an identity in knowledge of who he is. And that speaks so much volume to me now as a believer because now that I know I am in the Lord, and the moment he calls me home, I will be with him in eternity, there are so many more of us who fall under that category where we know so much of who Jesus is, but we do not know him personally. He does not know us personally as well. So in my four years in North Carolina University, I mean, I took book study classes, hermeneutics, apologetics classes, systematic theology. I literally read the whole book. I had to read it twice. Um, so I grew so much, and I loved it. I mean, it was so peaceful and calming and reassuring to know that there was something bigger than who I am, and that that being was not just looking over me, but could provide me with X, Y, and Z. But then I met my wife. This is the first time I remember feeling that emotion of, do I really know who she's talking about? I met my wife at that time, my girlfriend, Shannon, and she spoke of Jesus in a way that I've never felt before. Never. I don't know that Jesus. I don't know that Jesus that you're talking about. I never, told, I never said this to her, but in my mind, I was like, I do not know this Jesus. I know this historically accurate Jesus, but the Jesus you're talking about makes absolutely no sense to me. She was so passionate about Scripture and wanting to know more about Scripture and church. Fast forward to North Avenue. The more we're coming to church, inevitably, as you guys know, hopefully you're all members of North Avenue, you're going to get smacked in the face with the truth of the gospel every single Sunday, whether it's through your Sunday school or it's through the music that Ian provides, or it's through the, um, the message, or if you're part of the small groups, or you're part of the book studies, the gospel is just poured out every single time anyone shares anything. So I couldn't escape it. And through those two, three months, from October to about January, it was a really, really, really tough time. Really, really, really tough time. My sin was starting to really grab hold of my heart in a way, I really can't describe it, but in a way that it felt like it was losing a battle. And on the other side, I could feel myself growing closer to Jesus Christ in a way that I've never come across. But keep in mind, my wife thought I was a believer. When we married, we shared uh, um, our vows in ways that you would say, those two are believers. I became a member of North Avenue Church believing I was a believer. And I genuinely was convinced that I was a believer. I really did. If you would have asked me, if you died today, where would you go? I would say heaven. We could talk about scripture. We could talk about God. We could look over Romans. We can do as many things as, as you wanted to do. And I would stand my ground and convince you that I was a believer. But in my heart, I knew 100%. I don't know who Jesus Christ is. So as, as the months poured in, Scott, around that time, began, if you guys remember, he began the book studies. And in those book studies, I mean, there was no room to hide from your son. Zero. Zero room. Um, especially if you have Grant and the Joshes in there. I mean, they're, they're just so in love with Jesus Christ that they're going to just push you and push you and push you to dig deeper into your sin to find the root causes. But every time I dug deeper into my sin, my root cause was not a believer. That's what it was. That was my diagnosis. I did not believe in Jesus Christ, and the Lord had not called me to himself. So 
around January, February, a couple of weeks before the Lord brought me to him, um, Mark and the elders held a Jesus in Context. Um, I think it was at the EMC, right? And they were going over just, you know, the, the way that the Spirit works and what the, the different ways, you know, the Spirit is used in Scripture as wind and all that. And Mark shows this amazing story um, of, one of one of the members, I believe she's still there, that she went home. She had been struggling with, you know, her belief as well. She went home and she says she was looking at her grandma's window, looking outside into the, the field, and there's this little pot, the little plant, and it was, it was a fake one. It wasn't real. It was, it, was, it was plastic. But she said, looking at it, she, said, she felt like the Lord said, that's who you are. You look real. You look like you're alive. You look like you have so much to offer in that little pot, but in reality, you're dead. There's nothing real about you at all. So when Mark shared that, I still remember sitting there. I began to just like tremble and shake as I'm like, is this me? Like, is this who I am as well? Is, am I that person that really genuinely believes I'm, I'm this believer, but in reality, I don't know who Jesus is? So a couple weeks further into it, um, again, I just want to reiterate, my wife was convinced I was. The church was convinced I was. Um, our small group uh, was convinced I was. Um, as we grew closer to those, that, that day, that week prior to it, I remember we met with Scott. We're going through our book. I'm trying to ask, you know, difficult, what I thought were difficult questions to not really convince anyone of it, but to really reassure myself that I'm okay, that there's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm in the right path. I don't need to change. And if I do change, if the Lord brings me to him, this is going to really cause a lot of conflict in my life. So you know what? Let's just stick with what we have now. I'm convinced everybody I'm okay with it. But the more I ask questions, the more... Josh and the other Josh and Grant and everyone in that group um, would just continually point back to the gospel, point back to the gospel every single time, point back to the gospel. And that's what I didn't want to hear. I wanted to be reassured of what I believed and reassured that the way I was living was okay to live. And every time I felt like I was building this, you know, little building around myself with bricks, here comes Scott McAndrew with the sledgehammer and just boom, smacking it. Everything falls apart again. You know, but he was just preaching the gospel to me every single day. And I know we can all testify to that. He didn't hold back because he knew, it doesn't matter if he knew we were believers or not, his duty was to share the gospel in our hearts, in our minds, as many times as he could. So that week leading up to that Sunday was, was probably, till this day, the most difficult week I've ever lived in my entire life. And I still get, <clears throat> I still get choked up because... I truly was so convinced that I knew Jesus. But he knew that I didn't know him, and he would have proclaimed that he didn't know me either. And those, those few days leading up to that Sunday, it got to the point where I was just begging him, just leave me alone. If, the, if you are real... Just bring me to you and just, and just let's just call this quits. But if not, just let me live the life that I need to live. This is too much to deal with. This is just torment. I want to know what's true and what's not. Saturday, I was having horrible, horrible nightmares. 
Um, and I know this is getting kind of like, you know, I don't want to get too crazy with it, but I knew it was the Lord fighting for my soul. He was really, really trying to convince me in any avenue possible, you are not mine. Come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. I wake up that Sunday morning, you know, church is uh, awkwardly at 3.30 uh, at, at North Avenue. And that Sunday we wake up, I'm conflicted. My wife could tell something's not right with me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of isolated. I don't want to do much. She reminds me we have to do taxes, so we go and do our taxes that afternoon. And as I'm sitting there listening to the, the tax lady, I'm just like, why are we in here doing taxes? Like, I believe my soul is at stake at this very moment, and I need to know where I stand. So she keeps talking about taxes and all this other stuff about money. Um, at that point, I still worked in the lab. I, I wasn't uh, hired yet, but Dr. Mike Cannon to be a biology teacher at Madison County. So in the midst of that, we finally get in the car. We're driving back. We're driving to church. Shannon's, you know, excited to be at church. I'm excited as well to be there. But the moment I sat down, it was like this weight on me just got, grew bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I kept going back to the testimonies that I just heard. Because in that time during our church in North Avenue, man, there were so many salvations that were happening. I mean, just left and right of people that we thought were believers and, and people that we, um, people who had been part of the church. So I just kept replaying it, replaying it, replaying it. And uh, Mark is going through his sermon. I'm sitting up front and he goes through this, this um, verse. And when I, I listened to it, I was just crying by myself sitting there and I begged God at that moment, I, what, I, what I proclaimed to him was, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Take all this knowledge away. <clears throat> but what I want is to have true peace in you and with you. And at that very moment, man, it was so real. At that very moment, it's like the Lord just said, I'm bringing you to me. There's nothing that you have done to get you to this point. It's all been me. And he showed me an amazing amount of grace and brought me into salvation. I was weeping and crying. I remember Scott reaching out to him, looking at me. He goes, you're okay? He's like, it's a great sermon. I was like, yeah, that was a great sermon, Scott. <laughs> we get into the car. I'm uncontrollably crying. My wife is like, are you okay? She's like, she's also thinking like, I, didn't, I thought it was a great message, but you know, you're... You're really uh, getting into it. And uh, we go to Five Guys. Um, I don't know why Five Guys. We go to Five Guys, and I confess to her, confess to her I've, I've lied to you. I've lied to you for the last three years of our marriage. This is not who, that is not who um, um, I was proclaiming to be. And I told her all this, and she was in tears, confused, rightfully so. Um, she felt a little betrayed because I had really fooled her for so long. And at that moment, I just knew, not just that the Lord had brought me to him, but now that my life was going to be radically transformed. Um, and I'm sure you can ask some of our members from our book studies, like, my, my life changed. It, it changed drastically. Um, I feel like the Lord really humbled me by keeping me quiet for a while. I was so eager to always just talk and, and share things. I wanted to convince people that, that I knew what I was talking about. But then our, our small groups, you know, I've, I was barely saying a word. I was just listening to so much of the truths that our members were sharing. 
and then our community and our small group studies, the same thing. I just wanted to soak in so much. My hunger for Scripture has not just—it didn't just grow that day. It has continuously grown in the last six, seven years. And there's not a day that goes by that I'm not in this. And for me, this has been one of the biggest fruits in my transformation, in my sanctification, justification. This book has meaning to me now. This book not only shows me the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and all that he's done, but it's a personal testimony of how he brought me to him six, seven years ago in this very church because of the faithful preaching of Mark. This book, I can't go without this book. If I'm restless this night, the Lord calls me to this. If I can't sleep, it's 10, 11 o'clock at night because my kids are awake, I go to this. And I'm not saying that to boast on myself at all, but I'm saying as a testimony, that is one of the true fruits that I've seen in my life. I didn't have this hunger before. This was non-existent, non-existent. But now it's existent, and it just ravages in my heart every single day. If I go without spending time with the Lord, it is a complete, complete, complete horrible day for me. Again, it's not a checking off the, uh, the, the box. It's not one of those situations. It's literally this is how I get to grow closer to him. This is how I get to know the gospel more and understand who Jesus Christ is more. This is, if I spend time in here, I can be a better father for my kids. I can be a better husband to my, cho- to my wife, a better member of my church, a better coach, a better teacher, a better neighbor. It is just so life-changing to know where the Lord has brought me to. So I, I remember con- telling my uh, community group, Half were like, this guy's lying. He's, he's being a trickster. The other half were like, what in the world? What is going on? I remember Scott called Mark, I think, that night. And he's like, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I shared my testimony with them. They're like, yeah, this sounds like legit, real um, salvation regeneration of the heart. And a- after that, the Lord just began to um, transform my life in small ways. He brought me to what I believe my career is now, which is teaching. Um, uh, Jerry was, we were talking about, I was supposed to get a job at Prince Avenue. It didn't work out. Uh, Dr. McCann was eavesdropping, you know, in the conversation. And uh, he overheard it and he said, listen, we'll get you a job as a biology teacher at Madison County. Got the job there, coaching job there. Met Mike. I met so many great people in Madison County. Um, then we moved to Woodland Hills. And in Woodland Hills, it was, a, it was like North Avenue takeover. There was... North Avenue people living in basements and houses all through that road. So, and then it's just the community just grew. My faith grew in, in Christ. Um, but it's every, every single time it's February 19th. That, that was the day that, that it happened. Um, I take off of work. And I got that from Dr. Krause. Dr. Krause mentioned that to me. You know, enjoy that day as a day of, of, of a new life. So I take off of work and I spend time with Christ just by myself um, and it's so sweet. I still get choked up. I, all those emotions still run in me. But to know that the Lord set me apart for that specific date. And what I like to think about it from a bigger scope is this. He called Mark McAndrew, which you haven't heard his testimony. He's a wild kid at Westminster Christian. He called Mark McAndrew to be a pastor and elder. But before that, he called his father to be a pastor and elder. But before that, if I remember correctly, somebody at work shared the gospel of Jesus Christ to Mark's father and brought him to salvation. 
and then brought Mark into salvation. And through Mark's faithful preaching to never deviate from the gospel of Jesus Christ, I am now a believer. And I rest assured that I pray every day that my sons and my daughters will one day come to know Jesus Christ. They hear that every day. And it's not because of my actions and, and my necessity to make sure that they know that they're Christians, but it's simply because the Lord showed so much grace to me that I pray he shows that exact same grace to my kids as well. And I pray that their kids and their kids and their kids continue to grow um, and, come, and come to Jesus Christ. So to me, North Avenue Church, and I just want to say this because I know I'm here, North Avenue Church, through their faithfulness in Jesus Christ, the music, the preaching, the book studies community group was such a pivotal key to bringing me into saving faith. Um, and for that, I am eternally grateful. So when Jerry asked me to, to come and share my testimony, I could not say no to that. There's, there's so much more to it. There's, I mean, I think I shared it like for 50 minutes, eight times at his uh, class once. Um, but it was, it's such a beautiful uh, testimony of what this church uh, means to me and my family. Um, but more importantly, I'm so thankful for the gospel being preached at this church. Even uh, now that we're no longer part of, of uh, the church here, we know that there is uh, strong preaching happening. Um, but I'll, I'll end with this. Um, I, don't, I feel like I'm running out of time already. Don't be deceived by your own simple knowledge. Um, I truly do believe now that there are more people inside of our churches who claim to be believers because of cultural context and genuinely don't know who Jesus Christ is. Don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that. Rather, run to the truth of Jesus Christ. Run to the elders that you have at this church. They're not going to humiliate you. They're not going to make you feel like you no longer belong in this group or whatever. They're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. They're going to listen to you. Um, we're seeing it at the church that I'm part of now. A lot of people who've been there for years are now hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ being shared by our, our pastor, and they're coming to faith. Why? Because for so many years, they were just living as cultural, nominal Christians. Um, so I'm thankful. Thank you for the opportunity to share my testimony. Um, so thank you. Thank you.